Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We're excited to be part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We joined the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network uh, because we're on the same page. We want to serve the church in her mission of making disciples by providing and promoting podcasts that help grow believers and the local church. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And we are coming to you live from the tops, Stanwell Tops, that is, in Sydney. Well, we have been here for a little while, but you have just decided to turn up now. So, And can I just tell you, we had to drive down here, and getting in the car with Derek is quite interesting these days. If it's not him talking about his success on the cricket field, which was, I think, 20 years ago, he will talk about fonts. Uh, loves to talk about the various fonts that businesses have chosen on their cafes, and it's quite interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Do you, would you like to run through one of my hundreds right now? No, but I think today's episode okay. is 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 perfectly suited to talking about fonts of okay. all things. Good. Nice now, the meeting. one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you press play on episode thirty. Good to great graphics. Now, Scott was complaining about me telling the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because it's a good story. My computer growing up was an Apple II Plus. That was the first computer I had. Every now and then, Dad would plug it into a colour monitor, exciting times. But there was a word processor on it, not like Office Works or anything like that. It was a kind of word processor where you just had, you typed the words, and in the column, you typed the markup stuff. That was my first one. And then I remember, a few years later, discovering WordR in Microsoft Word. It was an amazing moment for me, an amazing moment. And that was when it exploded onto the church scene. Thousands of people were converted through Word Art. I know what you're going to say. What's that? Comic Sans. Comic Sans. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, that was quite popular. But there's a documentary on the guy with Comic Sans. Anyway, there, there's this sense in which some churches have never moved on from that point of discovering Word Art. Nor Comic Sans, nor Papyrus, or anything like that. Uh, and look, their content might be brilliant, but people cannot get past psychedelic colours, crazy fonts, too much clip art. The one thing we're going to talk about... Too many fonts. Too many, many fonts. fonts. That's right. But the one thing we're going to talk about today is how, how you think about your graphics uh, in order to communicate well what you're trying to communicate. That's what we're going to do. Now, to help us uh, with making the right decisions, we've invited Rachel Vant to be our special guest. G'day, Rachel. Hello. Hi. Hi. It is so good to have you here. Now, Rachel leads the communications and marketing team at EV Church on New South Wales' Central Coast. She's got years of experience trying to get ideas into the heads of churchgoers and making them stick. So to begin with, Rachel, uh, what is your favourite font? Uh, well, we all know that the answer is not comic fans. Um, oh, I think I like a nice, solid um, Gotham. Mm, yeah. Gotham. That's expensive, though, to buy Gotham. It is, it is yes. Yeah, okay. May have inherited some of those. Okay. <laughs> so... Thinking about uh, churches and the church graphics landscape, what are the most common mistakes you see churches making? Oh, gee. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, the, the too many fonts and um, just doing too many design ideas in one graphic is probably one of the main things. Um, maybe trying too hard to be trendy, whereas your context might not warrant that. Um, so what does that, yeah. look, what does that look like? Is that, is that all the church planners with the, um, I don't know, everyone seems to have the same 
The same sort of rounded logo at the moment. All these young people. The, the badge. All these young people. Yeah, the badge. Yeah, the yeah. badge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it could be that or it could be the, the grunge thing, the um, the textures. or I mean, it, it might be right for your context, but it, it might not also be right. What do you mean by too many design ideas? Um, so whether the, the font is the key element in your design, whether the image is, whether there's a, a symbol or an emblem or a badge, you know, just putting too many things together. Yep. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Now, uh, there'll be people listening. I assume there's people listening. I hope there's people listening <laughs> who will be thinking, you know, we just need to get over ourselves on this. It, this stuff does not matter in any way. I just need to preach the gospel and that'll do all the kind of heavy lifting. This stuff is just a waste of the hours that I have during the week. Any comments? <laughs> Those be that one person thinking that, any comments on that? Yeah, well, I think... Um, you just need to look around the culture that we're living in. And while we want to be different, we need to appeal to the people around us um, and use communication tools that they're used to, that they're familiar with, that they're um, going towards. And that can help us bring our message to them. Hmm. Um, yeah. So use what you've got hmm. around yeah. you. So That's not everyone's going to have an eye to this. Uh, I think I don't think any of the logo designs and concepts that I've had for Genetic Push have actually gotten through <laughs> in 10 years there's a good reason for that uh, how much of this sort of stuff can you outsource and uh and would you advise doing that you know from the start if you're launching a church or if you're just thinking about this for your church space yeah i definitely think that you can outsource it um and especially at the beginning for what some of those big things so you'd want to get the branding of your church name and logo right from the start because it's going to be with you for a long time um, and you want it to be uh, approachable in the community and familiar to them because you're going to use it um, on all your material going forward. Uh, so definitely if you don't have someone with skills inside your church, uh, you can outsource that part. I've seen some churches, you know, have a big, thick, heavy, you know, brand guidelines and, and do all the work with colours. And yep. Is that something that you'd suggest? Um, definitely is helpful, um, especially when you start going down the track of developing a volunteer team. So you want to be able to brief your volunteers properly on how to use the brand and how to use your logo and how to apply that to other brochures and flyers and websites and things. So, yeah, maybe at the beginning, if you're getting a logo design, getting a style guide at the same time could be really helpful. You, you've mentioned a couple of times well, uh, about the people you're speaking to or the people mm -hmm. you're, you're planting in or the church context you're in. Um, so when you're thinking through this stuff, how much are you thinking about the people who you're, you're trying to reach? Because you'll have preferences as well. How do you balance yeah, that? Yeah, everyone's got um, styles they like or things they don't like. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really important that you know your audience and you know where you are and who's going to be receiving these communication messages. You might also want to look at your the people inside your church versus the people outside your church who you're trying to reach um, what's their culture and um, you know language or um, style or city country whatever it is yeah mm. so thinking about ev you've uh if you go to the website you'll evchurch.info yep you'll see things like newish a lot of multicolored things from memory i'm just trying to think yeah yep. um yeah you'll, you'll see our sort of our home pages um kind of with the eye to the outsider. So you've got our um, outreach programs like the Life Series um, and Startup, which is the kind of connecting into church. Um, and then you've got various pathways to our other resources for members, um, growth group leaders stuff and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the tools where we use to help facilitate people into 
EV. But in that, you've been thinking, you've been thinking about the outsider, and yeah. then you've been thinking about how best to communicate that through the fonts and through the, you yeah. know, the choices you've already yeah. made. Alrighty, uh, let's just press pause for a moment. Uh, we're going to come back to Rachel in a second. Let's have a uh, turn to Scott. Scott, what do you got in the One Thing Toolbox to help with communication for churches? Well, I've got a few things. So uh, I think one of the really helpful resources I've seen is, uh, is something that Steve Krieger put together at Communicate Jesus. Uh, it's a list of key sites for church graphics. And so we'll put the link in the show notes. Also, Mark Hadley, uh, our media guy, put together a really helpful blog post with a whole bunch of free you know, graphic resources that you can also jump into and use. Uh, there is, of course, uh, the communications and IT course uh, on training.churchinabox.online. Uh, Rachel uh, has a whole you know, whole session in there on uh, on thinking about this uh, aspect as well. So jump into that. That's really useful to give to you, uh, your volunteer leaders to equip them and grow them. Again, as a church leader, you've been trained to uh, teach and equip people uh, for word ministry not do really bad websites. I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> okay, uh, point three. Uh, uh, great, a great resource from Multiply 18 on communications is, uh, is, is a great workshop done with uh, Gus McCow, who's at Scott's Church, Andy Hobbs at Salt Church, and Rachel at, uh, from EV. They talk about communications. The sh- that, there'll be a link there in the show notes. Also, uh, one final resource, VCA, Virtual Church um, Admin Assistant. They have a graphics design resource uh, reach out to Sam Jensen, and uh, it'd be great for you to uh, you know see if you can utilize some of the services that they do there. They understand and get churches. Should throw in New Front Door as well, newfrontdoor.org. Uh, also do a little bit of this. They're good. All right, now back to Rachel, uh, who's been giving us good in- insights into good to great graphics. Uh, let's move on to the topic. Scott, what have you got for us? Uh, where do you start if you're a church and you're wanting to move to a more healthy position that's less dependent on uh, clip art or papyrus? Uh, how, like, what would be the first step? You know, you're a busy you're a busy minister and you've actually been doing it all yourself. How do you actually start moving towards working through others and uh, and getting the church involved? Yeah, well, I think one of the first things you want to look at is um, what do you need to produce? Um, kind of pare it back and start simple. So, is it a few key events that you need to promote or um, are you actually doing full teaching series and sermon notes every week? Um, you know, kind of pare it back and first of all, look at, for example, sermon notes and teaching series. Just make sure that what you're producing is not something distracting. So if you, if it's getting too distracting because it's got too many things in, in there, clip art and, and fonts and um, too many people involved or it's just taking up all your time, um, maybe take a step back from that and start focusing on some key events that you can either get designed in-house by someone who's got skills or outsource. And then from that, would you encourage people to then come up with a, a sort of a brand guidelines, you know, to, to do a broader work on here's who we are, here's how we communicate who we are? Yeah, and then you can have a look at the people um, in your team, in your church. Um, what are their skills? There might not be any professional trained designers, but um, there's a lot of young people with smartphones out there and they're using social media and they're creating graphics and things like that on their accounts um, a lot these days. So honing some of those skills and developing some of those skills and aligning them with the information you have in your style guide can really, you know, you can start producing great stuff. Hmm. Um, now, I've, I've worked with a lot of creatives. They're, they're hard work. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at Mark. I'm looking at Derek. 
what's your experience? <laughs> what's your experience? You know, how do you actually how do you actually get the the creatives in your church involved and um, actively, you know, working alongside you as a as a pastor and as a leader? Because we were talking about this before, and my yeah. comment was, you know, if you teach kids during the week, it can often be hard to be hard to back that up on Sundays. A graphic designers. Similar camp? Well, it could be, but I actually think it's a really exciting opportunity because you've, um, if you're a professional graphic designer, you often work for somebody else. Um, you have to pay the bills, so you've got to take clients and do their work, um, which is directed by them. Um, but working or you know providing graphic design for church can be a really great opportunity to be a bit more creative um, and not have that client you know, making the, the changes on your work. You do have to balance that with what's right for the church and the event and all that sort of thing, but it can be a really exciting opportunity to be more personally creative when you're volunteering your services at church like that. Mm. Yeah, it's good. How, how should you ask? Uh, what's the you know what sort of best practice process for for doing that well? For asking someone to volunteer? Yeah, yeah I think um, yeah, being part of a team is great, um, and also getting them involved in the whole process, not just. Uh, can you design this logo or can you make a flyer for the Christmas carols? Um, but get them involved in the planning process of like the theme for this year's carols is this or um, we're going to distribute them here. So what do you think about how we can use these elements, that sort of thing? Mm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I just uh, want to ask one more thing before we, we have to wrap up, unfortunately. Now, most of the time, churches are on a pretty tight budget with stuff. The temptation will be just to grab things off the interwebs and put it on their brochures or their pamphlets or whatever it might be. Um, what do, how do we think about copyright with this? Because we want to be above reproach. Yeah, we definitely want to be above reproach. Um, yeah, it's important to get an understanding of, of what are the rules and the laws around using images um, that you don't own. Um, using music. I think that's a big one as that well, we yeah. think about. Yeah. Yep, music behind your videos, um, all that sort of thing. I guess my rule of thumb is if it's on the internet, it doesn't mean it's free. Mm. Um, so, yeah, make sure you've got the proper, um, like, either access to those resources or permissions. Um, I even find, for us, we use local photos. We use um, background photos of our context that it really helps um, be relevant to our audiences. Um, and, yeah, it just overcomes that that permission and copyright issue. So every time you have an event, get a photographer and take photos of everything. Yeah, you do. if it's appropriate. Like and it yep. yeah, many of our events are promoted by showing our people and our contacts. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well that brings us to the end of the show. So Rachel, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to going from good to great graphics? Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> just the one thing. I know just the one. Um I think just make sure your graphics are clear and not crowded um, and that they communicate to the audience that you would like it to. That's yeah. good. That's really good. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. And if you liked what you heard today, we'd appreciate if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Uh, maybe something like in 15 minutes, wow, I didn't know I could know that much and more about Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I'm not sure you've been listening at all today. Anyway, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, small-scale music. What to do when you've only got one guitar or only one piano? That's out of tune. We're going to talk to uh, Christian musician Trevor Hodge on how to make much out of little. 
I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Are you looking for another podcast to add to your list of regular podcasts that you listen to as you're running or jogging or getting around about the place? Can I encourage you to listen to Established? Co-hosts Sam Rayner, Micah Fries and Josh King are all experienced church leaders who are dealing with the same challenges that you are dealing with as you lead an established church. In each episode, you're going to hear solutions to everyday issues church leaders face. I know both Sam and Micah, uh, and they're excellent godly leaders with lots of experience. So can I encourage you to download and listen to Established.